It's true. It, the Spirit, as I worship Him, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know how to say it. It's like a spiritual cleanse. He cleansed me out. I'm, I'm just really open to the Spirit. And, and I looked at Pete and I go, I feel funny. <laughs> and he just was like, what, do I need to like backup reliever preacher? Or what, what are we doing here? But no, I'm preaching. I'm ready to go. I got the Holy Spirit in me. Anybody else got the Holy Spirit in you this morning? Yeah. Come on. It's so good. I love it. Well, as you can see, we're continuing our series on, on Philippians. For those of you that are a little bit younger, this is called a typewriter. You push the buttons and you put a piece of paper in there and white out and things like that. But uh, it's this idea that God has written a letter to us, right? Dear, and I want you to put your name in there. And then he says these eternal truths to you. Love God. We're believing that the Bible is the living Word of God. I, I said that almost every week, but do you believe that about the Bible? That it is the living Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, I, I love what it says. It says the Word of God is alive and active. Everyone say alive and active. Alive. Right, those are some good words to talk about. I mean, this is just a book, right? Just some pages just written a long time ago. No, it is alive and active. Hallelujah. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Have you ever felt that? Where like it just gets deeper. Like you've hit it from your wife, you hit it from your kids, you hit it from everybody, but the the word just kind of gets in there, right? You know what I'm talking about? Deeper, deeper, deeper. Judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And as we walk through Philippians, we're carrying this truth about the Bible. We say, yes, it was a book, it was a letter written from the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. Can we all agree on that? Absolutely. But Paul, he was inspired by who? The Holy Spirit. And so it's not just a letter that was written for those early believers. It's a letter that is written to us. The living word of God. Again, alive and active. Everybody say alive and active. Alive. Amen. We as the body, we actually, if we give him permission, I love about worship is there's that struggle in worship uh, where you kind of your will versus his will. And, and in worship, you kind of have that opportunity to surrender your will to his will, don't you? You, you, you actually give him permission saying, ah, I'm mad and I'm hurting, but then you just kind of. You just start to yield, don't you? And you give him permission. Uh, that's the same thing with the Word of God. You have to give him permission to teach the eternal truths that he wants to speak from his very heart to your heart. And this morning we're heading into some pretty powerful scriptures. We're going to be in chapter 2 of Philippians. Again, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, what's after that? Acts, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Chapter 2. Philippians 2, and we're going to be in verses 12 through 18. Before we read, let's go ahead and bow our heads in prayer. Glorious God, your word is alive and active. And yet, how many times have I read it and had such an attitude that was completely opposite of that? Lord, forgive me. Let me once again see your word <laughs> as the word. For my life. Speak today. In your name we pray. Amen. Philippians. What's <laughs> What did you say? He'll, he'll pop the mute button. There you go. Philippians 2.12. NIV version. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. 
Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, mm. children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Philippians 2, 12 through 18. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Alive and active, alive and active, alive and active. Listen to these, these verses, alive and active. Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. This is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. All right, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Life spring, work it out because this is... God who is working in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Okay, what is, what is he saying there? Well, he, he's saying something pretty awesome, and I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got some pretty good news for you today, church. Paul is telling us something that we should all be thankful for. Paul is letting us in on the fact that God, God who loves you so much, who cares for you so much, more than you could imagine, that he, listen to this, he's not done with you, that he is actually working in you. Do you believe that he is working in you, that you would continue to grow to become more like Jesus Christ? This is good news. Good news. God is working in each one of you as you work out your salvation. That's what the scriptures are saying. It's this glorious truth that God is working in us as we work out. And as we do, you and I are becoming more like Jesus every day. He works in as we work out. Some of you, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this. You've never read this passage before. When you did read it, you just kind of blew by it. But hear this. Hear this. Do you believe Take this seriously. Do you believe that God is working in you? That can be kind of... That's a silly thing, by the way, outside of Christianity. The idea of the creator of the universe working in you. How ridiculous is that? That's foolish. But as Christians, we believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? You're a fool, by the way. To this world, you are a fool. But in Christ, we say, I believe that God is working in me. Do you believe that as you walk the Christian life, that God and His power is working in you, that you are actually becoming more like Jesus? Do you believe that you are becoming more like Jesus? Is that change happening in your life? Now, I know it can get a little confusing, and even these passages can get confusing, but we're just starting, and just hang with me this morning. It's going to be good. But I love the message paraphrase of these verses. Um, it, it kind of gives a good perspective on, on, on especially these first two. He says, be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy, he says, is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. I think this explains it pretty well. I, I, I want you to really pay attention to that word energy. I want to read it again. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is whose energy? It's God's energy. It's an, and it's an energy that's deep within you, isn't it? God himself working and willing at what will give him the most pleasure. 
And I love this paraphrase because it does this good job of explaining the, the word work. It's this idea of energy, right? Energy, being energetic, working it out, bringing energy to it, being engaged in your faith. Don't just become a Christian, right? You don't just do the Christian thing where you get the get out of hell free card. Anyone ever play that game? Or, oh, yeah, I'm totally a Christian. You just get the get out of hell free card. You put it in your back pocket and you remain the same, right? No change, no transformation. No, you, you work it out, my friend. I hope you feel challenged in your walk with the Lord. You work it out. Put energy towards it. Part of this verse, it should really blow your mind and encourage you this morning that this energy that you're going to have to work it out, it's actually going to be the Holy Spirit in you. Isn't that good? That's really good news this morning. That the energy that you are going to have that's going to be created to work it out, it's actually going to be the energy that God, by His Holy Spirit, gives you. God is working in you, giving you the energy or power you need to live this Christian life. This is amazing. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was sitting in my seats right now and I heard this news that God is actually creating a power and energy within me to, to, to bring it out and to work it out and, and that I become more like Jesus, like this is the best news in the world, isn't it? Don't you? I mean, God, you just feel kind of dangerous even. I got the power of God within me. I, I want to look at this idea of Christian life. And I love what you said, Randy, and, and that passage was just incredible. Like, what does it look like to live the Christian life? Paul has given us some instructions in Philippians on what it looks like to live the Christian life. We've already covered it. Back in chapter 1, verse 27. L- listen to what Paul writes. This is for all of us, by the way. This is just isn't for that church 2,000 years ago. It says, hey, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Pastor Chad talked about that last week, didn't he? Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. All right. I'm getting, it's just like Pastor Dan and fun with whiteboards lately. Pretty soon we're going to have like six of them up here. and Oh, it's so fun, whiteboards. All right. This is, I'm, seriously, this is like a comedy sketch right now with all the whiteboards. This is, this is awesome. Okay. This is, don't you love church? I love church. So fun. So Paul says, stand firm in one spirit and one mind together. So that's pretty cool. Thank you, Paul. It's exciting. Sounds good. But I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. On our own, this is impossible. You don't win the car. It's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, just look at human history, right? We don't have to look very far to see one spirit, one mind together. I mean, you've lived your life. You've seen the damage that we can cause in each other's lives. But the only way this is possible is by the power of God working in us and through us. I hope you can see that this is absolutely possible with God. Do you believe that? Some of us give up on that hope of one spirit, one mind, and being together, right? Just, eh, can't happen. Impossible. 
But in Christ it's possible. By His grace and only by His love and His grace, He's actually working in us. Do you believe that He is working in you? Do you believe that this isn't just a fantasy, a pipe dream, a fairy tale, that this is actually a reality that God is walking you into? Do you believe it? If you're a Christian here this morning, by the way, you believe it. Or you're not a Christian. I hope you can see this. He's still working in us. You've got to believe that. Some, some people have just such a low self-esteem and a low uh, idea of who they are. In Christ, you are something much more than you've ever given yourself credit. And it's for His glory. It's for His purposes. And this is an important concept to grasp this morning, that this all starts with the power of God within you. The power of God within you. The Christian life, it is impossible if your attempt at living it is based, based on sheer willpower and effort on your part. Have you ever tried to do that, live the Christian life just by muscling your way through it, right? Come on, we've all done that. I'm going to try harder, right? I'm just going to, ah, I'm just going to, mmm. True Christianity, a true believer, you don't live on willpower. It's cheesy, but it's true. Christians don't live on willpower. We live on God power. Everybody say God power. Say it again. God power. Yeah. See, as believers, did you know, again, it's crazy into the world. They're going to think you're a fool. You're foolish to think that the God of the universe would be giving you power. That's silly, right? But as Christians, that's what we believe. God power. God power. Always. always, I mean, the opportunity to walk in the divine supernatural assistance of the Holy Spirit is always available to us. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Now, you cannot be a Christian without the Holy Spirit and His power within you. You can try. But you will be miserable. Again, have you ever tried to live that life? Or you didn't yield to the Spirit within you. You just tried to muscle your way through it. It's miserable. It's depressing. It's exhausting. And by the way, when you're doing that, without the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you are following a powerless religion. And you just wasted years of your life. Years of your life living for powerless religion. Without the Holy Spirit, what a waste of time. You should have been golfing. (laughs) Jason, you can't go golfing. You have to stay here. Remember Jesus. In the New Testament, He gives us these two big commands. You guys remember there's the great commandment and the great commission. Yeah, great commandment, great commission. Oh, I don't have... Do I have an eraser? Yeah, here we go. So... These are kind of important to know about. Here, I'll just be honest with you. I, I became a pastor when I was 24. And um, they were talking to me about the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what they were. <laughs> How did I get up here? This is funny. Great Commandment. Great <laughs> Commission. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The greatest commandment, the command he gives us in the New Testament to love God and to love others of yourself, right? We've heard that before. If you had it, if you were like me, a pastor who didn't know what he was talking about, that's what the great commandment means. And then what's the great commission? The great commission is pretty powerful, isn't it? To go into the world. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to baptize. Yeah. Tell the world, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching people to obey Jesus' commands. Absolutely. Both of these commands, come on, they sound so spiritual, warm and fuzzy, right? They're the ones that you frame and you put in your bathroom, right? They just sound really cute. 
But these commands... Kent told me I had to use different colors. I'm using different colors, Kent. This is impossible. I mean, have you tried to love someone before? I mean, you can say, oh, I love you. I love it. Mary, I was, I was just building up Mary this morning. Like, in the leadership team, I'm just like going off about how good she looks and how great she is. And, you know, how, you know, whatever. And then, what, what, how did you dig me just so good? I said, I would follow you anywhere. And then what did you say? And then you said, I have some laundry you can do. <laughs> it's hard. Like, I love you. I, uh, laundry? Uh, mm, uh, uh, hmm. Got a meeting I got to go to. <laughs> Real spiritual, though. <laughs> right? It's hard. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. Love others as yourself. It sounds good, but it's hard. People are messy. Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's funny, the, the things that we hold against other people. Like when I'm in counseling sessions and stuff, the, the, just the anger people have towards one another. I'm like, you're sitting next to another human being. That's what human beings do. Have you hung out with me? Just hang out with me. Just, you'll, you'll find enough things about me that you're just like, man, it is hard. It isn't easy. So you've got to be honest. You're not, getting to, you're not getting any closer to either one of these commandments on your own. Right? I mean, you, and if you've tried, you can do it for like a week, maybe. Maybe a day. Maybe an hour in service and it gets ruined on the way home. Or, come on, let's be honest about this. It's hard. But these commandments, come on, preach it, brother. They are possible with God. Because the power of God is in you. All things are possible with God. Christianity is not a powerless religion. As you sit here, again, in your seat, the encouragement of the Spirit would say, I am in you, I am with you, and I will help you live this life. Listen to 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, God has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. The power of God should be on display through each one of us in this room. Power of God. Paul understands this well. I love that when Paul is gone, he's away from the church in Philippi. He isn't worrying about them because he knows that they have the Holy Spirit. He has this confidence that they are obeying God, obeying His commands, whether He's here or, or not. And the reason why is because he knows that they have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit always there with them, helping them, leading them, guiding them. Do you have that confidence this morning, church? Do you have that confidence in your life? Because I know you're going through hard things. I get that there's challenges in your life. There's obstacles in your life. There's moments of desperation, but do you believe that the Holy Spirit is in you, helping you? Giving you the power that you need. Second Peter one seven or one three. Second Peter one three. This is a beautiful verse to memorize. If you're going to memorize one, I get it. Memorizing scripture can be hard. Memorize this one. Hold this one close to you. It's a beautiful verse. Listen to this. It says, "By His divine power, by God's divine power, God has given us everything." Say everything. I mean, right? Because everything. Do you know what that means? It means everything. Everything. Say, say it. Say it again. Just everything. He's given us everything we need for living a godly life. What? What? You mean everything? Yeah, He's given you everything. But like for today, because today's kind of hard. Yeah, for today, for this really hard day today, He's given you what you need. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You might need to put your name in that. Dear Dan, by my divine power, I've given you everything you need 
to live a godly life. Love God. Put your name in there. Put your name in there. You know, I use this verse a lot when I'm meeting with people because I, I believe it should be a confidence builder. It should be an encouraging word to you. Especially if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, well, let's get that Holy Spirit in you. But if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit's in you. He's working in you. And He's giving you everything you need. Have that confidence. It should build up your faith. It reminds you that the Holy Spirit's in you. He's working in you, giving you everything you need. And so when you face temptation, temptation, everybody faces temptation, by the way. I'm just tired of people feeling so guilty and so much shame and condemnation when they're tempted. That, that's, everyone's tempted. I'm tempted. We're all tempted. But in that time of temptation, what do you say? Say, God has given me everything I need to live a godly life. Claim it. Use it. Pull that out of your pocket. As a Christian, that is your right to claim Scripture in your life. In the midst of the worst times, in the midst of trials, in the midst of persecution and challenge and trouble and pain. Some of you have chronic pain. I get it. And you say, I, I have everything I need to live a godly life. It's not a powerless religion. It's God residing within us. And with this, we stay active in our faith. We exercise our faith, right? I mean, God working in me so I can work it out. Saying, God, in the natural, <laughs> have you ever done it? In the natural, I, I'm not so sure about my circumstances. <laughs> have you ever been there? Like, well, yeah, I'm looking around. I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so positive about what I'm surrounded by. In fact, in the natural, this all seems impossible. But I am believing right now by faith that you're working in me. It's your power. The power of your Holy Spirit is giving me everything I need right now to live a godly life for you. Just pray that to the Lord. Maybe you need to do that even this morning. Right now, as I'm talking, just say, God, help me. You know my circumstances. I'm desperate. Give me everything I need to live a life for you. There's a little chart. Um, just kind of, I was thinking about it today. Well, not actually not. I was thinking about it every day this week. But um, the idea is like, here's me and I'm just going to be a circle. And I use my willpower, right? You ever done this? Willpower. To try to, you're, you're trying to get life, right? The, the idea is life. But for us as Christians, right, we love God, so we're trying to get to God. And I know it's a hard, here, so here's me, just by the way. Um, it's before the weight loss. But anyway, so we're, we're going here. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of how most of us roll, right? We, we use a lot of willpower to get to God. Have you ever tried that? Like, I, I'm going to follow these 10 steps to get to God. These 30 steps to get to God. I'm going to read my Bible so much and I'm going to do so many good things for people that I'm going to get where? I'm going to get closer to God. Have you ever done that? Right? I'm going to get to God through all my works. But as Christians, this is the part that just gives me goosebumps. Here I am again. But God, where's God? Where, where's God? A lot of us, if we could just get that truth, it would change our lives. So then God in me, with God in me, by His power, what? We have life. Which one are we living, right? Which one are we living? I mean, just look at all the decisions that you get to make during a day. I mean, look at all the things you get to say yes to, the things you get to say no to. Now, we're not making these choices to try to get to God, right? We're not doing this. As Christians, this is not who we are. We just got to realize that. That's not who we are. Who are we? We are ones that have Christ, the power of Christ residing within us. 
We're not making those choices to try to get to God. We're not setting a set of rules, following a set of rules and regulations, being a good little boy or girl in the attempt to get to God. No, we are not doing that. We already have God. We have found God. More importantly, who found us? God found us and God came in us. And now we are full of the Holy Spirit. And the decisions we are making are affected by who? By God, by the Holy Spirit within us. And He's actually changing us. Do you believe that? He's giving you new eyes, new ears. There's a change because God is in me. The way I look at you, the way I look at you, the way I look at you, it's different. God has changed me. He's in me. And by His power, I can live life. 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 If I could just shout out one thing all week long to the people I meet with, it's just to say, life. Get your head up. Salvation is near. The joy of the Lord is my strength. A life. Abundant life. And God, He works on us, right? And our decisions and our choices, they're not an attempt to get to God. Our choices and decisions are a byproduct of already having been found by God. God works in us. And it's not just a spiritual foo-foo like fluffy thing. His work in us, sometimes it hurts, doesn't it? Sometimes it feels kind of painful. Sometimes it doesn't feel so good at the time. God's discipline, by the way, doesn't always feel so good. But His work in you, His beautiful work in you, it actually changes you. It affects your life. Now the enemy, he tries to convince you you're the same as you've ever was, right? If you've ever screwed up, like made a mistake, what does the enemy do? He goes, Bill, there you go again, Bill. Same Bill as you ever were. Bill, you're never going to change. If you've ever heard that, that's a life in the enemy himself. If you are a Christian this morning, God is at work in you. God, His work is a good work. He doesn't make junk, right? Some of us, how we feel about ourselves, we debate that, right? Because we have such a low esteem of ourselves in Christ. But in Christ, we are good. We are good. He makes good work, good work in us. And so, you know, you either believe that or you don't. Again, a lot of this whole message is you either are going to walk this way or you aren't. And I hope it's challenging. And if you're saying, yeah, you know, that's who I am and that's how I'm going to walk. Well, then you need to yield. You need to get permission, make room for the Holy Spirit in your life to do that work. And again, it might be painful, it might be hard, it might be challenging, it might not look like flowers and rainbows and unicorns, it might actually be kind of hard. But like I was saying earlier, it, are you focused on Jesus? Is it, I have decided to follow Jesus, I'm not turning back? Or is it something else? And then look at Romans 12, 2. Uh, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Did you know that you can be transformed, changed, by the renewing of your mind? Anyone need a renewing of your mind? Like every day, Right? Every day, a renewing of my mind. I just, uh, even my dreams, I had crazy dreams last night. It's like, oh Lord, wow. Like, not appropriate, <laughs> you know, here. Like, just, wow. And I thought, what do you do in those times? I'm a human being, I'm messy, I'm gross. What do I do? Oh Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Would you renew my mind? I need, I need you. I need your faith. I need your love. I need your grace. I need your goodness. I need your kindness. And He renews your mind. Who does the renewing of the mind? The Holy Spirit does. And do you believe that you are being transformed? Yes or no? Think about that. 
And if it's yes, that you're being transformed, your, your mind is being reni- renewed. And, and this renewing of the mind, it actually gives you a new desire for God. Have you noticed that as the Lord renews your mind? It actually gives you this yearning, like Sunday mornings can't come soon enough, right? You can't wait to get to the office to that grumpy person because you want to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Because the Lord has renewed your mind. He has actually given you a new desire for God, a new desire towards God. And this new desire towards God, it actually prompts godly behavior. Have you noticed that too? The closer you get to God, it actually changes your behavior. Why? Because in this newness, you're becoming more like Jesus. See, this working out your salvation part, when you look at the poorly drawn chart, uh, working out your salvation, it, it isn't here at the beginning or here at the beginning of it. Working out your salvation is over here on the life part. Because the Holy Spirit, He comes into your life, right? He, he saved you from your sins. Think about all the things that happened when you, you were saved. Your, your salvation. You're saved from your sins, rescued from death to life in Jesus. And that's all because of God. That's, he, he didn't have a part to play in that, right? That's God. Like, let's not... No. No, no, right? It's all about God, right? All about Jesus on the cross dying for you. But think about this. This free gift of eternal life. After that, we now are working it out. And we're not talking about whether you're going to heaven or not. We're not talking about any of those types of things like the get out of hell free card. We're talking about the abundant life that God has called you to. The abundant life. Man, how I desire and long to see more of my friends living the abundant life. The life that He's actually destined you to live. And to live that life, you have to draw upon the Spirit, which is inside you. Yield to the Spirit, obey the Spirit, learn from the Spirit, grow in the Spirit, follow in the Spirit, daily ask to be filled by the Spirit. You've got to exercise those, fuss, uh, those faith muscles. You actually have to work it out. You have to do these things to live the life that God has called you to live. I, I think that we all understand that at some level. Now, part of it is like, well, hey, Dan, that sounds like a lot, and I don't know if I have to do all that, and I just have to rest in the grace of God, right? No, there's the part that you have to play. And the reason I know that is because we have all gone through seasons where we decided, no, I don't want to exercise my faith. Have you ever done that? No. I'm not going to exercise my faith. I don't want to claim God's word for my life. You read the Bible and you're like, well, that's for somebody else, but that's not for me. Have you ever done that? I've done that. Some of us, we've done it for a day. Some of us have done it for seasons. Some of us have done it for years, right? That person hurt me too bad. That spouse, they're just too mean. That boss, he's too horrible. That loved one died too soon. The pain is so real. The pain of loss, even the physical pain that I'm feeling that I've had to walk through, it's too much. And so we say no to God. I can't do it. I'm not going to press into you, God. I'm not going to claim your scripture. No, I'm done with you, God. And in those moments, again, for some of us in those seasons, now God doesn't stop loving us, does he? No. God doesn't abandon us. But I think you could agree with me. He does kind of give you space, doesn't he? I mean, he doesn't leave us, but he doesn't force us to follow him. Right? He doesn't force us to obey him in those seasons. And so in his great love for us and out of his longing for an actual love relationship, what does he do? He actually gives us the free will to choose to follow him. To rise up in faith, to press in, to put energy into our relationship with Him, or what? Or not. Right? And in those seasons of choosing not to follow Him, not listening to His voice, not obeying Him, if you've ever done that, when you look back at those seasons, we can still see God's faithfulness, but when we describe those seasons, think about this, church, when we describe those seasons, we normally don't describe those times as these abundant, vibrant, energetic times of life. Right? That's not our testimony. We usually label those seasons with different vocabulary. We say things like, I was wandering in the desert, right? Or I had a feeling of emptiness, or I was lost, or I was lonely. And, and I say all of this because as much as it isn't a popular message in the church these days, we always have a part to play in the Christian life. 
I really want you guys to hear that this morning. We have choices to make. We have these opportunities to work it out, to exercise our faith. Our part is saying what? Yes to God. Saying yes to His plans. Saying yes to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Saying yes to walking by faith. Saying yes to exercising our faith and saying yes to working it out. Again, not an attempt to get to heaven. No, not none of that. But learning and training. Right? Come on. Learning and training. Learning how to yield to God. You've got to learn how to yield to God. It doesn't come naturally. In our sinful nature, it doesn't come naturally. Stop beating yourself up over it. Just keep on exercising that faith. You know, when people say they screw up, like, well, how long did you go between screw-ups? Well, do it again. Go longer this time. Like, come on, stop beating yourself up. This church, they're not going to beat you up. They love you. Get open. Be honest. We'll root you on. God's going to root you on. Because if you give him permission, God is going to help you. And he helps you, by the way, through people. Pastor Randy, he's helped me through so many things. God works through Pastor Randy to help me. The Holy Spirit, he's working in us. Also, we can work it out. He gives us strength. He gives us energy. But we must be willing to take hold of that power and use that power that he gives us. In fact, this morning, I believe that he would say this. Dear, and fill in your name, dear, whoever you are, dear Hillary, I am working in you. I'm working in you. If you're a Christian, you've got to believe that I'm working in you. And he says... Now work it out. Love God. You see this in the story of David and Goliath. And I'm, I'm sorry that I'm going a little long here. I'm try, trying to move through this, but I think this is a really important message for us this morning. David and Goliath, uh, John Keto says this about the passage of 1 Samuel 17. He says, The certainty that all our strength is from above and the determination actively to employ that strength. So the strength is from the above, but the determination to employ that strength, to use it, they must go together. Neither will affect anything without the other, but the two combined will, by the blessing of God, finally beat down Satan under our feet. Isn't that good? And he says, Saul was right when he told David, you can't go against the Philistine to fight him. David replies with the Old Testament equivalent of Philippians 2.13. He says, David says, God delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Do you see that? God, uh, David has seen the work that God has been doing in him in these different experiences. But then as you follow this passage, you see an attempt from Saul at, at killing uh, Goliath the man's way. And, and Saul says this. He says, Saul clothed his, David with his garments. You remember that when he put on his armor, the bronze helmet on his head, he clothed him with armor. David guarded his sword over his armor, tried to walk before he had not tested them. And David's like, I cannot go in these armor, right? I, I have not tested them. So what does David do? He takes them off. So it's kind of an example of us doing it on our own strength, right? Willpower, just trying. Uh, clenched fist, you know, that kind of idea. But then God's way. Look at God's way. Then David said to the Philistine, this is God's way. So man's way was, you know, you're going to put on this armor and you're going to go out there. God's way was this. David says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you in my hand. I will strike you down, cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. That's amazing, church. That's so good. It's so good. But do we have that kind of attitude? Do we have that kind of mindset? Are we relying on our own armor? Or are we relying on what God has done for us and what God is doing in us? 
See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon men and came upon women like he did for, G- or for David. But in the New Testament, and we're in the New Testament believers, now because of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit residing within us all the time, 24-7. Isn't that good news today? We have, by God's grace, his effective, his perfect, his energetic power within us. He's continually working in us, in his power. Uh, it's beyond what we understand. He, he's energizing us. He's enabling us. He's getting us excited. He's allowing us to work out our salvation. He is always at work in us for His good and for our good and for His glory. You know, I was at a Foursquare conference earlier this week and it was wonderful. It was beautiful. But one of the things that God showed me was just how active He is in my life. I was so encouraged by His Spirit during the worship times, during the conference. He was reminding me that He is most definitely alive in me. It's amazing, it's undeserved, but it's the grace of God in my life. And His presence in my life, this transformative work that He's doing in me, it necessitates a response from me, right? You know what I'm talking about. If the Holy Spirit is working in you, it necessitates a response. A response in amazement of Him, in awe of Him, in reverence, To Him, my heart is compelled to live for Him, to work it out, to move forward in the life that He's called me to live. And I see this in my own life. I see this in a huge way in the church, in the life of the church. We do a lot of things here. And it's not an attempt to make it into heaven. It's not our religious attempt to find God and to try to make Him happy with us or for where He would find pleasure in us. No, it's really more anything. When I look at all the things that you do, LifeSpring, and what you've done over the past couple of years, I, what I see it as, I see it as this. I see it, I see it right here. I see it as life. I see it as this wonderful response to what God has done in you. I see the overflow. It's like you're a garden and, and it just flowers are growing up within you. There's so much life in you. I love this church. The life, the life, the life and the things that we've been a, be a part of. I, I, just, I just love it. I asked Jeremy to list the various ways that this has been expressed at LifeSpring over the past couple of years. And Jeremy's just been working his tail off for you, church. He's incredible. But he, he put together this, 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 um, this board over here. And I think it's such a powerful example of the passage that we've been walking through today. None of these ministries are an attempt to get into the good graces of God, right? Like, well, look what I did, God. You know, now will you do something for me? No, 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 no. Instead, these are ministries made up of you made up of children of God, sons and daughters of God, who because of the work that God is doing in you, He is creating in you an energy, resourcing you to do the impossible all to the glory of God. Look at this, church. Look at this. And you're not going to be able to see all these, but I just want to kind of run through I'm going to run through it fast. Fish Food Bank, youth group on Saturday mornings, reading buddies once a month, Wednesdays at the nursing home. Uh, with our kids, weekly community lunch at the Milton Activity Center. We serve, uh, help serve lunch every Wednesday at 1230 at the Activity Center. Laundry love once a month. We pay for people's laundry at the local laundromat. Vacation Bible school. Uh, youth origins class every Sunday. Uh, youth leader uh, leads um, our 12, our 6th, 7th and 8th graders out there. Friends Day, an incredible event. We had over 300 people at that this year. Um, community dinner at Mountain View. We had our 15 men there to serve 150 people meals. Park cleanup day. It was a park cleanup day and the board, park board from Edgewood asked um, the community to come out. We had about, we have 10, 11, 12 of us come out there. We were the only ones that came other than the park board. Praise the Lord though. Um, what is this one? Oh, that's the word. Um, 
Trunk or Treat, we had 300 people come to Trunk or Treat yesterday. Uh, when the great thing about that is we did it with the Baptists and we did it with the other Foursquare Church. Milton Days, we have Disaster Relief. Um, hallelujah for that. We sent trunks uh, of stuff for the fire um, across the way. Operation Christmas Child, we have 60 boxes, did you say? Um, a missionary, uh, Gina Britt, went to Australia and China and Hong Kong. We uh, helped send her. We have an Easter egg hunt. We have National Day of Prayer um, where we had... Um, all these different churches, uh, I think it was six different churches coming together to do that. Thanksgiving food baskets this year, we have 15 names and addresses of families um, uh, down that way that need help. And I can't wait to do that. The prayer chain, Parkland Foursquare Church, we helped uh, Parkland Foursquare Church. They were planting and, and we heard about that they were needing some money for rent. And so we paid their rent for the first four months to help them get going. He said they wouldn't be a church without us. Uh, Milton Tree Lighting and Crafts. Um, uh, men's breakfast we're serving a men's bre- uh, breakfast for the veterans to honor our veterans in Milton outdoor family night twice a year church on the rock this is a pretty um, cool one this is um, a church in Gig Harbor the pastor passed away um, a pastor from north um, um, northwest uh, felt the call to go there but his house fell through they thought they had sold their house there here and it fell through and we heard about it and so we um, gave them uh, $500 a month for four months and when he talked talk to me later, he said they were short with uh, two mortgages, $500 a month uh, through December. It was incredible. Like we met the perfect amount that they were looking for. Missionaries, uh, McIntyre's, what's up? They're going to uh, Papua New Guinea pretty soon. It's going to be cool. Um, care team, amazing. Uh, we're like the LifeSpring moving company. It's incredible. And Cindy Ferris doing that. Backpack drive, 12 kids. You know what was amazing about the backpack drive? We, uh, the community center does a great job with backpacks, but we didn't go through the community center. We went to Discovery. And what was powerful about us going to Discovery, and, and the community center was like, well, why didn't you just have them go to Discovery or go to the um, activity center uh, or the community center? And the lady at Discovery says these were homeless kids who had no transportation, who could not make it to the community center. So we were able to give them uh, homeless families and homeless kids some backpacks. So that's powerful. Um, Edgewood Picnic, the Edge, uh, the first eight months that Pastor Tom was the pastor of the church just down the road, uh, we uh, helped pay his um, salary um, so that they could be a church. Uh, again, they wouldn't be there without you guys. Uh, missionaries David and Shelley Midcalf, they're already in Papua New Guinea. They're translating the Bible and doing all those things, and you guys have been a big part of that. Crossroads Foursquare Church. This is a church in Rochester, Washington. Most of us will never go to Rochester, Washington, but there was a kid who was wanting to become a pastor, and, and he had a heart. He has a call in his life, but then um, we knew that uh, also uh, he didn't know much about the Bible. It kind of reminded me a lot of me uh, back when I was that age, and so uh, we said, well, are you going to go to school? He goes, yeah, I'm going to go to school. So we we helped pay his schooling for four months. This is an incredible church. This is, this is things that we will never see on this side of eternity. These are, these are things that are so beyond this little kingdom that we sometimes think we're building uh, in Edgewood, Washington. This is the expanse, the, the spreading, the unstoppable, uncontainable move of God in our community, but not just in our community in the world. The thing about this church, this is incredible. So I'm at the Ram on Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday at lunch with Randy and Jeremy and and Rebecca McGonagall, and we're eating lunch, and I said, hey, I said, that's that church over there. That's their pastor, and that's that kid. And they come over, and the pastor comes over, and I was like, man, how's it going? Like, I haven't seen them since then, you know, because they're, again, Rochester. And I go, how's it going? He says, it's amazing. He goes, Ryan, this young kid, he goes, he's going to take my job. And then Ryan comes over, and Ryan's just so happy. He gives me a big hug. He goes, you can't believe it. I'm married. <laughs> and and we just were in a, when they left, we're just in a, like, look, I'm kidding I just want to ball my eyes out right now. The releasing of ministry. 
Ah! The power of God on display. I love it. Life spring Ghana. Do you have this, the pictures, uh, Jason? Come on. That's Life spring Ghana. That is actually our church in Life spring in Ghana. Come on. That's incredible. And look at, there's the van. There's the bus. Oh! <laughs> oh! It's there. They sent me like 24 pictures and I, I don't know how they celebrated it, but they were laying hands on the bus. They had this, I'm, I'm assuming it was non-alcoholic, I don't know, but they were pouring it all over the bus. They were anointing the bus. It was so awesome. We have a missionary in Belize. Remember Eli? He's down there uh, planting a church. And uh, there, remember missionary Will Hughes? He's down in Patagonia. We help him. And David Casey and Chris Antonelli, two more guys that uh, were church planters that we've helped. Um, one in Auburn and one in Tacoma. And I heard someone just say that, and it's true. You know, the first thing we did, first thing I did was give money to Chad. <laughs> and I told the council, I said, this might close our doors, but it's the right thing to do. And the council all were like, this is the right thing to do. I lost more sleep over that thing than anything. I didn't know what to do. But we all knew we were supposed to honor our pastor. And we honored him. We took a huge step to honor him. And when Chad, the pastor of Clarkston Foursquare, on Monday night, I was prostrate on the ground at the conference, bawling my eyes out. This man of God came behind me, put his hands on my shoulders, speaking in tongues, praying over my life. It's powerful, church. What you are doing is so powerful to me. Church, the Spirit is speaking to you. I, that's why I... I it's going to be really hard to ever leave Life Spring because the Spirit is so alive in you guys. And He's calling you out. He's creating in us this energy. He's creating us this power to more, do more than we could ever imagine. Remember Ephesians 3.20. This is so good. God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Did you see that? He's able to do more than you could imagine with the power that is working in who? Us. According to the power that's in us. Because church, His power is working in us. He's doing more than we could ever have asked or imagined. More than we could have ever asked or imagined. God is doing amazing things. And church, the exciting part is this. Uh, uh, this is what we talk about. We say this is only the beginning. We feel that way in such a strong way. That the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit is being poured out on our community like never before. And I, I believe it's more than a slogan. I believe it's the reality of God. His willingness to pour out His Spirit on our community. And, and, and His Spirit and His power will be on display more and more as we work out our salvation by depending on His Spirit. You know, we're going to see things accomplished in this community that we could have never dreamed could happen. Do you believe that? When you're open to the Spirit, it's beyond your list. You know, you have the list of the things that you want God to do in your community. His list is bigger. His list is greater. His list, I mean, it's, it's like, you can't write that. Well, I'm God. I'm going to write that. He is doing the impossible you know, I'm not even saying it's easy. I'm not going to say it's convenient. You know, it might be dangerous, but it's going to be glorious. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's going to be glorious. It's going to be good. Church, God's power is on you. His power is in you. He's working in you. He wants to do even more in and through you. And I invite you this morning, just in this moment, and God is here. I just, I love the Spirit in this place this morning. Just that you would give Him permission. You know, give Him permission, each one of us. If we want to be of one body and one spirit, together. We all need to give him permission. We got to flee from that temptation to sleepwalk through life, 
to just coast, right? You know, to put the spiritual journey on cruise control. Church, we got to wake up. <laughs> we got to wake up. Let our eyes be open, our ears open. Work out the salvation and honor and reverence to God. Watch what's going to happen in this community, in this world. We are going to witness the impossible made possible. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord Jesus, I am so excited because of you, because of who you are, Lord. Our God is not dead. He surely is alive. He is roaring like a lion. There is such power in you, Jesus. And I just pray, Lord, that you would remind us that you are working in us. And for those that are, came in discouraged and, and, and just having a tough time knowing if you're even there, Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd reveal yourself right now. And for anyone that just wants again to have their eyes open, the eyes of their heart open to the power of the Holy Spirit in you, uh, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Anyone in this room? Absolutely. Amen. Anybody else? Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So God, you see our hearts. We're not, um, we're, we don't want to manipulate anything here. We don't want to force anything here, Lord. We just want to take a step back and give you permission to flood us once again with your Holy Spirit, to fill us once again with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you, I, I trust you that you're not going to do something that would, 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 would make us confused, that this isn't going to be a time of confusion, this is a time of clarity, that as your Spirit comes into us, Lord, and fills us, that we actually get clarity. Your power begins to energize us and we get to exercise that energy in our lives, Lord. I pray that as we leave here, for every person that raised their hands, Lord, that they would be reminded, I am not the same, I, I am a new person, and I, I am changed. I have a new heart, new eyes, new ears. And that they would just begin to trust in your spirit and trust in your spirit's voice. Lord, some of us, we, we say that we trust in your spirit, but we still haven't learned your language yet, Lord. We, 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 we're not quite familiar with your language. So I pray that you would speak to us, God, and that we would become familiar with your voice. That we would grow. Our arrogance, our pride keeps us from growing in you, Jesus. But we surrender that, God. I surrender that to you, God. I want to learn. I want to grow. I, I, have, I want to have the confidence that you're not done with me yet, but you are also faithful to complete the good work that you started in me, Jesus. So here I am. Have your way. In the cavities of my heart, Lord. In the cavities of my body, Lord. In those areas that I say, anyone, you can't touch that. You can't touch In that area, Lord, have your way in that area, God. Just begin to fill us, Lord. Your Holy Spirit filling us. Thank you. Just even more, Lord. Even more of you, Jesus. Even more of your spirit. Even more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even more. Praise you, Jesus.